재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 So according to the National Intelligence Service, North Korea allegedly hacked into the smartphones of key South Korean officials trying to extract text messages, call logs, and this followed similar attempts earlier this year on the country's railroad officials. So the Park Geun-hye administration has responded by pushing a new anti-cyber terrorism bill again, drawing some opposition in parliament by the opposition party, a kind of a deja vu situation from this anti-terrorism bill uh, that saw the nation's first filibuster in half a century. So what do you think about this? Again, another case of uh, civil liberties versus national security. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us cacao talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. Very pleased to have joining us here in the studio after an extended uh, layoff our good friend from Yonsei University, political science professor Hans Schottel. Hans, great to see you. Welcome back to the country. Henry, great to see you as well. Well, you came into a little bit of a storm here, politically speaking, although you probably left an even bigger storm in the United States with what's going on. I uh, hope we can talk about that right, later. Mr. Trump and Mr. Oh, Sanders, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, first, cybersecurity. Obviously, this is something that we need to be vigilant on, but as far as North Korea's concerned um how scared should we be i don't know i'm not scared i haven't changed my habits online at all since being back but you know the question i guess is what's north korea really capable of here and probably exhibit a that's most intriguing would still be the cyber attacks on sony about a year and a half ago if you remember those right. very well and certainly... assuming that they were the culprits behind it right and that's yeah. and that's always the tricky thing whether it's sony or whether it's these recent reports that you're referring to with government officials perhaps being targeted or their smartphones or railroads or whatever you know we we never quite know henry when we hear these reports and again they're coming straight from the nis and they're unattributed and, you know, maybe they connect the dots, but we don't get to see exactly how they've connected the dots. We don't even know from the news coverage that we've seen so far how they would have determined that it was actually North Korea. I mean, I look at the, the coverage. I think, well, if North Korea can build a nuclear bomb, they're probably capable also of getting into cyber attacking. And there certainly have been enough incidents, big and small, on this on the southern half of the divided Korean Peninsula and in Japan and in a few other places as well. You never can quite pin it down to North Korea. North Korea often denies these cyber attacks. I think they right. also denied Sony for that matter. But, you know, cyber security, let's face it, before we critique the government for the way they're going about the legislation, and I'm, I'm sure we might, you know, it is a global problem, and countries all over the world are vulnerable to this kind of problem. Which leads us to our second question. South Korea, I, I think everyone can agree, despite maybe opposition to this particular anti-cyber terrorism bill, is the fact that the nation's security networks are 
quite vulnerable. We've seen attacks regardless of who has engaged in those attacks. Right, and we've seen loopholes over the years in hacking. And Henry, of course, a lot of it comes from South Korea itself. Mm. I remember the attack on Nongyap not so long ago, and I think a couple of years ago, two or three years ago perhaps, maybe a bit longer. And I think that one, pos- I don't think that was a North Korean attack. That possibly could have even been some sort of domestic attack. So, you, you know, the, the causes of these kinds of attacks can always be multidirectional. The, the trouble with South Korea's position, I suppose, and it's something we should all think about, is if, if the country is vulnerable to provocations from North Korea of any kind, and, and right now with North Korea, it is sanctioned season after the nuclear test and after some of the missile launches and the like. They're, I mean, they're, they obviously can't be too happy about some of the sanctions that have been coming their way from this country and from also the UN. And if you're North Korea, how do you react to those kinds of sanctions? Well, you do you try another provocation. I mean, and also given that military skirmishes along the DMZ and the West Sea, those kinds of provocations are highly dangerous. There's always the potential of South Korea striking back and having an escalation with which North Korea doesn't want. So when North Korea, if, if I'm in the minds of North Korea, if they want to have a provocation where you can't quite put your fingerprints on it, and at the same time, there's no way to retaliate then cyber attacking becomes a possibility, sure. a live option for a country like North Korea. That said, you know, I've never been to North Korea. I've not talked to their hackers. You know, we really have no idea how widespread mm. or how not widespread the threat would be. And that leads then to the importance of the credibility of a spy agency like the National Intelligence Service. Uh, unfortunately, some people feel that they are not always for the best interests of the Korean people. They've been accused of domestic surveillance, of meddling in previous elections. We have a big election coming up in April, and some people feel the timing of this might be a little suspicious. Suspicious, maybe a lot suspicious, maybe smacks of suspicion, in <laughs> fact. And Henry, of course, Park and Hay, President Park and Hay's election, many critics would say that, you know, the NIS uh, had a lot to do with that narrow margin through which she won the presidency in the fall of 2012. You know, critics will say that the NIS has become a politicized agency to begin with. So that is a problem for the NIS. And then you also have the track record of the Park and Hay administration. And we can talk in more detail about this, but it has not been a, a healthy period for democracy in this country mm. over the past few years in all sorts of ways. And, you know, when President Park was elected, and this was, of course, before the NIS scandal blew up, I wondered if she would actually take a very different tack, if she would be over-cautious to be democratically legitimate and democratically Be a united, not a divider. Right. My, or not even just a united, but just somebody mindful of mm. the negative sides of her father's legacy and try to have a very different legacy in terms of democracy. But, of course, many critics now say it's really, you know, part, you know the country's retrenching in ways yeah. akin to the 1970s. I, I've just been back for a short time, and I've already had people around me, colleagues around me, shaking their head oh, and wow. saying, you know, this is like going back to the 1970s, you know, back to the Yushin era in some ways. Maybe not that stark, mm. of course. They haven't altered the Constitution. But, you know, we, we've had democratic retrenchment in many different ways leading up to this. So then when the NIS, a politicized agency, gives us unattributed information shortly before an election without full substantiation order, you know, basically advises, if not mm. orders, the assembly to push this kind of thing through very quickly or else there'll be trouble right. and you'll be the ones taking the blame. People have to take that with a grain of salt.
Less than a minute left, but uh, the Minju Party, do you think they're going to, again, do their best Ted Cruz impersonation and filibuster this? Why not? Although we have the election coming up very soon, so you know that will be the wild card. They're coming off a previous filibuster that, frankly, amounted to nothing yeah. other than a symbolic PR, statement. Yeah. So I don't really know if they do it again. Then again, could they stall past the election on this? You know, who knows? You know, ask an assembly watcher, I guess. I would imagine they would fight it. And I notice that they're already speaking out against the second legislation. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pivot this towards some kind of wedge issue during the elections, if Kennedy can actually uh, succeed in railroading this through, if they come to some kind of agreement. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to continue this discussion on the anti-cyber terrorism law that's been uh, proposed by the government. We'll be joined by a law professor from Dublin City University in the UK. Professor Hans Schottel will also uh, be here. Uh, give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a cacao talk message. We'll be back after this.